Hey, uh, I have a basic algebra question for you. Okay. What do you get when you uh, add 5Q to 5Q? 10Q. You're welcome. Welcome to episode eight of Double Issue Show. My name's Daniel. Oh, and uh, I'm Quentin. This week, Congrats. This week is writer a... extraordinaire. This week, <laughs> <laughs> this week we're doing episode eight, world building episode about the character Quake, and they haven't made it to the to the writing sphere yet for a story. But yeah, we briefly mentioned them as one of the cornerstone members of Aegis, the want to be leader shunned. Yeah, for a newcomer. Did we talk about who the newcomer was? Yeah. Adam Dangerous from a different dimension. I didn't know if we'd mentioned that on on air. So what's Quake's full name then? Real name. Did we come up with their nationality? Like American or... Uh, I think we just covered powers and aspirations. Okay. There was some talk of getting their powers from like a magic artifact, but that was also before we knew what the character actually was. Yeah. Yeah, that was when it was someone that threw around tiny black holes. Oh, yeah. I was looking up on a baby name website, different girl names that mean ground. And one that mm. came up was Amber Crombie. Oh. Means bend in marshy ground. Okay. It also brought up like Oni, which I thought was a Japanese ghost. But then yeah. Peanut as a suggested girl's name. That seems good. Ground nut, legume. Yeah, it's a a universe or a unisex name. It says. Hmm. What about Groudon? Ground is that a Pokemon? Yeah. Okay. People can be named after Pokemon. What is like Eevee? Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I think that was also a name before. Mister Mime. <laughs> oh yeah, I had a Mister Mime in my algebra class. I don't know if I'm good at naming characters. I've wanted to like set up a spreadsheet that. As I see people's names, I just put them in there, and then I can hit a button to select one randomly, both first and last. Oh, yeah. And just collect names as I go, and I just have never set that up. I mean, we could just do, like, random name generator. We can come back to it also. Yeah. So we talked about the powers being gravity control, but then not knowing that it was gravity control at first, and thinking it was more Earth-based. Yeah. Because they could do earthquakes. I think early on, they did a lot of shaking the earth moves, which gave them their superhero name. Mm-hmm. And then something else we talked about was maybe they tossed rocks around and other rock-based attacks. Yeah. Do you think they just never tried out tossing anything else around? Possibly. Maybe there's a belief component in this. They believed they could only toss around rocks. But then, at the pivotal moment, they were able to stop something that wasn't a rock. Yeah. Let's maybe go into the origin story then, since they didn't... Actually, let me take it one step back. What's the linguistic situation like? <laughs> the linguistic situation of this character. Yeah. Speaking? What does she call a quarter pounder? Well, a quake with cheese. <laughs> cheese quake. 
do we want to go artifact based? Yeah, I know we'd mentioned that as an idea. Yeah, but I don't think it's firmly established. It could just be some like meta human type thing, like just power they develop as a mutation or something like that. We could combine the two. Maybe they are a meta human, but this artifact kind of woke up those powers or sped them up. That seems a bit complicated. <laughs> All right, so they were at her and her family were at a movie theater, and they get shot. All of them. Yeah, everyone. Okay. And she becomes the Batman. Oh. Twist. It's been <laughs> Batman all along. Quake is just the Batman. Oh, well, wait, what if there is a situation like that? Like, it's parroting the Batman origin story, but she could actually stop the bullets or something like No, she doesn't realize that she can do that till later. Mm, yeah. Maybe that's not the same. I guess, do we want it to be a situation where, as a kid, this happens, or... As an adult, this happens. I kind of like the idea of that being from an early age, they knew they had some powers. What if it's, they find an artifact, and I don't know how the artifact is powered, like some mythical god being or whatever, but it reaches into the past and makes them feel like they were destined for this. Oh, like it tries to make them feel like this has been something in their whole life? Yeah, like... In that case, it would be like some magical artifact that has been calling out to it, and it has shaped their life. Like, they became an archaeologist because they knew this thing was, like, reaching out to them. And maybe that can play on it later of, maybe it's not necessarily a good intentions artifact being type thing. Oh, I definitely like the archaeologist aspect of that. Yeah. Tomb Raider plus Superman. Okay, so is it, in that case some artifact or is it just like touched by a god you have these powers now and also what sort of situation leads to some misinterpretation between the two so that she doesn't know the full extent of her powers i like the concept that she gets the powers from the object and that it's trying to shape her thinking into thinking to keep it or thinking it's destiny what if it's something like, I was thinking of the witch character from Suicide Squad, mm-hmm. where she gets powers from that god or goddess, but it's also, um, oh, it's almost like it's a, she's a container for the powers. I don't know if I'd want to go that far yeah. that one, but I, yeah, I think we're both liking that whatever this is, it has like ulterior motives. Yeah. Because I don't know, just having it, like, possess her doesn't seem... Like, why didn't it just right away? (laughs) Right. Like, it needs something more. Maybe the ultimate goal is taking this body or whatever, but... See, I was thinking maybe it's the power just needs to be in the right place at the right time. So maybe it's a long con of whoever the shadowy figure is gave her this power, but it's going to be, like, 30 years before she's in the right spot to do the thing with them. Yeah, maybe we need to figure out what that is. But that seems like a good start. Yeah, I like the concept that it's not necessarily beneficial for everyone that she has the powers. Like, there's an alternative motive. But maybe it's not about controlling her body or her. It's just about strategically placing her with those powers. Mm, Yeah. So what kind of object? I mean, I was almost thinking maybe something like a clay pot or something even. 
that contains the superhero serum or bacteria that gives her the powers. Oh, so it kind of is just inhabitation, but... Or we could make it something like a stone necklace or something, and she could kind of transform when she starts using her powers. What if this, uh, she doesn't recognize this shadowy being as a, as an actual being, it just feels like this is calling out to her? So she's not communicating with this thing. Yeah. Uh, regularly, maybe at some point in the future, or some point in her career. She does make this connection with this thing, but it starts out where she's got this object of whatever kind, and she's translating it, and that's where the the miscommunication comes up. Oh. Like, she doesn't translate the word correctly or something, or it has double meanings or something. Okay. Like, this will give you, like, in so, so many words, this will give you control over Earth. Oh. And she takes it as Earth, like, the ground. Oh, and not Earth, the planet. And it's talking about, like, their their word for Earth was more nuanced, and in this situation it meant Earth as in the field which brings things back to Earth or something. <laughs> whatever understanding of gravity was had at that point. Ooh. What if the object is something that she learns her powers from over time, from translating it further and meditating with it? So just over time, then it's almost like a library of how to use these powers. Oh, so it's not exactly, but sort of like learning spells, like learning to access these different avenues yeah. of so... this device. As she unlocks more of the like spells or levels of the artifact, she gets to closer to whatever the bad thing is that it wants to do. Oh yeah, maybe it's like figuring it out is the key. Yeah, like so it's some lock device. So it's the lamentation configuration box from shoot. What's that show? Uh, Hellraiser. It's like the Hellraiser cube. And then they talked about Hellraiser for ten minutes. So here's an ad instead of that mess. That's my brother, Mason, the winner, Williams. And that's my brother, Luke Isosceles Triangle Williams. We're both brothers. And inventors. And geniuses. Every Thursday, <laughs> wow, that's generous. Every Thursday, we invent something brand new before your ears. So check out Hey, I've Got an Idea Show wherever you get your podcasts or at HIGAIShow.com. Hooray! We did it! Advertisement done. But okay. So we like the hell cube idea for her powers <laughs> to get back there. Yeah, I guess like as she interprets more and unlocks more of its power, it's unlocking some cage or something. Yeah. Or some gate. It could be similar to Hellboy where a certain point he is physically a part of the key to open whatever up. I just really like this idea now of... She's becoming more and more powerful. And at some point, it's, it comes to you. a bad point. Yeah. Whatever that is. And I, I like this concept of her being very much a Tomb Raider-esque person early on, where she's very maybe optimistic and not jaded by anything. And it's all about her research, and she's just trying to make everything about her research. And just slowly, the more power she gets, the more she turns away from that. Hmm. What if it's a tablet? Yeah. Stone tablet with writing 
like I'm envisioning round like a circle and it's got writing all around it that kind of spirals inward Ooh. to a central point. Maybe there was is supposed to be like a gem or something there. Oh. But, but that's that's been lost. Maybe that's the final piece or something. But as she's going around translating it, it's like lighting up. And she has some link with this, so she doesn't like always have this tablet just like on her. <laughs> mm. It's just sitting back, and she has a link to, and it just kind of shows however far that has actually been read and internalized, just glowing. That'd be cool. And in some ways, it's got to be not just decipher it, because each step has got to be harder to decipher. Yeah. So in some ways, it's got to be like a code. It kind of makes me think of Stranger in a Strange Land, where you could technically learn the language of the Martian people, but mm. as you learned more about it, it actually changed the way you think. Like it changed the way you think about like relationships and yeah. stuff like that. And so as she reads and learns more about it, she starts to think and learn and think the way that the original writer thought. Yeah, kind of that the the language you know is shaping how you think about things. Told you that linguistic situation question wasn't dumb. Okay. <laughs> Do you think she has to find like more artifacts to kind of put other things in context in order to get further in into the tablet? Oh, uh, that makes sense. So maybe she's continuing archaeology to collect yeah. more of the artifacts to fin- figure out the last of the words. Yeah. While at the same time going out and fighting crime i guess <laughs> artifact and history-based crime <laughs> yeah maybe there's a tomb raider indiana jones-esque aspect to it like her research is funded by some museum or university or something and occasionally they'll have like oh this artifact's gone missing or this or whatever and she has to go out and track that person down and get that artifact back or like unrelated to the artifacts she's looking at but to keep funding yeah she has to do these tasks for this organization there was a museum heist and they got all our things so go do that what if she what if that is just eight like aegis's archaeology department mm. i don't want to be want it to be too directly yeah maybe it's the museum in conjunction with aegis like, Aegis will stop people, and they'll occasionally donate artifacts that have been deemed, you know, non-volatile. Like, Aegis has some vault. And if they've got stuff that doesn't... So it's like a museum of modern superhero history. Yeah, okay. So it's still related to Aegis, but not... She's been in Aegis the whole time. What if that group is in itself a bigger group because i'm almost that sounds similar to is it the bureau of paranormal defense from hellboy yeah that sounds right like she thinks it's just a museum or a college or something like that but it's actually a deeper organization or it's like um sort of the paranormal and ancient history division of yeah that seems cool like all the all these artifacts are magic. Yeah, like that's their specialty is dangerous magic and dangerous science. I had a concept for a group that would be similar, but they were entirely selfish about what they wanted from the artifacts. 
it was like they collected all these artifacts, but they just used them for controlling world events. I mean, that could be the rival. Yeah, because that group I think of is like more of a reverse men in black, where they're secretive and trying to steal all this special technology. Maybe that's her main opposition group. Well, yeah, if they're stealing old stuff, artifacts from this museum type place. Okay. So she's very hardcore linked to the magic world, but she's not really a magic character in that way. Yeah, she's not like... It's like a magic power source, but not magic powers, almost. Yeah, because she's not like a wizard in the same sense. Yeah, Or it's like an internal thing. Yeah. Hmm. But I'm sure she's had run-ins with Spell Squadron. Yeah. Team-up issue. I was thinking about her costume. It'd be kind of cool if it was a amalgam of all the different artifacts she's kept for herself over the years. Yeah, it's just like a giant rock. <laughs> she just wears rock armor. Yeah, that sounds really good. Yeah. I like that she's basically the thing. Once she touched the stone tablet, her skin turned to rock. Oh, I just thought she'd like ugly cover herself in rocks with her gravity powers. She does that too. She... The rock armor is actually very... The rock skin is actually very sensitive, so she puts rock armor on it. So what you know how robot robots often wear, you know, heavy chain mail and such? <laughs> yeah. That's right. I mean, dial-up lives inside broadband. Oh, yeah. That's true. It's basically the same thing. <laughs> what are you thinking? The artifacts? I was just saying she wears, like, artifacts is like, her suit. But being made out of rocks is good, too. What do you mean? What kind of artifacts has she found? I mean, I was thinking of trying to think of something. Do you mean like she's found an old suit of armor from? I was thinking almost like pieces. So maybe she has like an arm guard that's from one civilization. And she has like a chest suit or armor piece that's from a different. See, I think that might be cooler on its own thing. Yeah. Okay. Perhaps that's one of her... Um, her psychic for villain is like this person that's piecing together their own power set because if they have a bunch of different artifacts as a bunch of different pieces of their costume it seems like they would be getting powers from the different pieces yeah this gauntlet from ancient times that shoots out beams in this one boot that makes me jump high (laughs) but just the one i don't have the other one yeah you have to land one legged Otherwise, it would just, like, crack the bones. He stands on that one boot, and it's like a pogo stick. Yeah, that's good. So that's, like, her joker. Yeah. So we can name that person. Jester. Amalgamation. Rat King. The bad archivist group that I had an idea for was the Faustonian Society, based on the story Faust. Based on the Faustinian cliffs. They're just hanging out at the bottom of that basin? Yeah. Yo, the sun don't reach us here. And they're all like, we'll hit you where the sun don't shine. Literally. No, you'll hit our base. <laughs> so you see, what powers does she have now that she's in Aegis? Aegis. Aegis. I'm going to keep Aegis. saying it wrong. Yeah. I think once she's accepted to Aegis, she's quite powerful. Yeah, for sure. I think we're nearing where she'll have this moment where it's fully translated. So perhaps... 70 80 percent that makes sense because i feel like the big moment will be when she faces off with adam it's got to come to a head in a big moment like a big event yeah where she she's going 
I've got to research this last bit to give me an edge in this battle. Like, there's some big moment coming up, and then we have to throw it on of, she can't help out. This other thing's also happening now, oh. too. People just mention offhandly, like, where is Quake? So it's going to be, it's basically going to be how comics are. Yeah. At some, at the end of some big event will be the start of this next event, whatever it is, whatever this brings in, all the Cenobites. So I just had the thought that if her powers are like Quake and Earth-based, what if her Cenobite character facsimile is the bad guy from Power Rangers Turbo? The lava monster? You'll have to give me a link to that one. Oh. Yeah. It's like a pinhead, except the pins are rocks. And lava's leaking out with all the holes. Ew. Ugh. <laughs> but he had like a voice, so he'd be like, Now that I've got the power rangers, how poetic. We've got kind of like one sort of bad guy, a bad guy society. There's obviously a lot of room for monster of the week type shenanigans she went through of they have this artifact or whatever. Right. Maybe faction that we haven't really we can still leave pretty open. Yeah. Is that for the thing that's inside the tablet? Oh! What if there's a society of people trying to stop her from accessing the full power of the artifact? Yeah. A kind of knight, knight's templar protector of it's been passed down that bad things will happen. Apocalypse will come when this is unlocked. Yeah. So. And she she just sees them as bad guys trying to stop her. That's that's partially what my concept was for Fostonians. Is they're not necessarily evil. They're just selfish. Hmm. But having like a an actual dedicated group of like Knight Templars to fight her would be really cool. Yeah. And what if, I mean, you mentioned like demon people. What if it is like some, they look kind of demon-y? Yeah. <laughs> That'd be cool. So they look evil, but. And perhaps they don't come in right away. They're looking for the signs and the signs don't show up until more of the tablet has been <laughs> deciphered. Uh, do you want to go a little more into powers you said earlier? Yeah, we've got earthquake, gravity, flight. Uh, we were talking about her being like a control type role. So perhaps like a shield type move. Yeah. She summons up like a bunch of rocks. Well, that could be an early version of it. The rock control would be an early power. Yeah. That's cool. That could be her armor. Yeah, once she learns to control rocks, she just stick to me, guys. That's what I started to say when you said that she was like the thing. Yeah. No, that's kind of cool. <laughs> is she like the thing, or is she like a person? I think she's just a person. Okay. Well, though, what if her eyebrows are made of rocks, <laughs> and she can control them? She was born naturally with very thin eyebrows. And also, it's all her hair. <laughs> is that just going to be your suggestion every world building? Putting up a wall of rocks is fine, but later on, when the powers are more substantial, it's just like nothing can pass through this barrier of pure heavy gravity yeah like try to shoot into it and it 
the bullet crumples. Is it like Kylo Ren's light beam or laser beam stopper power? I think is more powerful than that with the gravity one. Like if a laser beam were fired into it, it would just like bend into non-existence. Okay. Can she create black holes? You sure. Maybe that's a final thing. Maybe that's the the gate she opens. Now that we know there's like some endpoint, I'm okay with completely super overpowered powers. Yeah. Knowing that it's building to something. Rock armor is a really good early one though. I like that. Yeah. And I don't think she gets flight until closer to Aegis time. Yeah. Part of her thing is the traversing through these different environments. Yeah. In a Tomb Raider type scenario. That sounds pretty good though for her current powers. So do you think once she learned rock stuff, it kind of stuck to that for a while? Just like throwing rocks and... I think for like her 20s, maybe she was all on rock control. Yeah. Did she not make a lot of progress tablet-wise or did it... I wonder if she was really caught up for a long time after she got the powers. Like maybe she didn't think there was much further to go for a long time. Maybe for a while it was, there was still some translation going on, but it wasn't quite making sense until she did the paradigm shift of this is about gravity. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's like one of her big events is she gets stuck on the language and it's just taking forever to try to figure out. And she finds a second artifact that has more of a Rosetta Stone kind of setup to it. Yeah. She finds some piece that helps kick that into gear. So maybe starting like in her 30s, she starts to become a lot more powerful. Yeah. Her power curve is exponential. So do we want to flesh out her team, like supporting team of like a researcher person that's helping her, feeding her information while she's doing these different recovery mission type things? That makes sense. Or is she more solo? Like she's still going to have supporting characters of like friends or whatever. Like, even if they aren't helping out every mission. Because she seems like the smart type person that could do the research herself. What if she has, like, a grad student assistant who's helping her do the research, and the grad student learns enough about the tablet that they have the basic rock powers, too? But she's afraid of them getting more power than her at some point, so she hides, like, the Rosetta Stone part of it. Hmm. My idea then was, near the end of her arc, the research assistant figures out what it's building to maybe on her own so this is someone that maybe she picks up at a certain point as kind of a sidekick type character yeah so maybe for quite a while it's just a research assistant only but over time learned some of her powers and such okay and there's like the college or our archive or museum she works for where are you gonna say that was like a good faustini type thing underneath it all or faustonian sorry yeah, maybe it's like a front organization, and they're using it to keep track of her and keep tabs on her research. That seems like more secret bad guys. <laughs> that was the idea I wanted to play with for them, is are they bad guys or are they good guys? Like even... well, We've kind of got that in the Knights of the Archive. Okay. Secret good guys. We've got secret good guys, a secret society of bad guys. <laughs> Well, she's an archaeologist, so it's kind of like the Da Vinci Code up in here. Yeah. Tom Hanks works with her a lot. What if it's an angle of the people she works for is more like bureaucracy type stuff? Like it's about keeping these artifacts safe from society? Yeah. I mean, there can be some like ambiguity or whatever on different shades of it. But what if the main struggle with it is... Of you can't just do what you want. You've got to go through the proper channels and 
the whatever has to sign off and it has to be signed in triplicate and what if the knights of the archive is the museum group she works with and it's not until she starts getting more power and gets into aegis that she starts getting tired of their bureaucracy i thought the knights of the archive were the oh that's secret good guys oh that's right one's fighting her i don't i don't think we ever said that name out loud also oh do we just have it in the document I think you just typed it, yeah. So you're saying a, a frequent collaborator is someone different than like another university or another group? No, like it could be that. Okay. Just, we already have a lot of... Secret. Who's good and who's bad. Yeah. And secret and stuff. That this one can be a little more transparent and just be a good guy. That's true. Since we already have that bad guys that are actually trying to stop. So about the Museum of Super History? Yeah. <laughs> Is it a museum of super history, or is it more an underground keeper of artifacts that basically the good Faustonian society, like this war two warring secret societies? Well, I was thinking this is a public face, so a public organization, like maybe public face for it, or maybe it's a public organization, but some of their higher up members are secretly working for one or the other so maybe the museum has i don't know like they they send her out to go do a mission but one of the i'm trying to think of the right word for it one of the shareholders is like but when you go make sure you also bring back one of these and just bring it back to me directly yeah i like this underground magic scene yeah that she's a part of basically so He's had, like, a crossover, definitely, with Spell Squadron. Oh, yeah. I guess it would have been old Spell Squadron. Captain Havoc, Lady Luck, John Morris Mirror Master, Hound Inspector, and Miss Mist. Oh, yeah, because Miss Mist is gone by the time the new team's around. Miss Mist is missing. Yeah, missing. <laughs> Misting. So, they have a crossover with quake how do you think that went like what what kind of interactions we got from that I'm trying to think if anyone would have a conflict with her yeah john moore seems okay with anybody like it doesn't seem like he'd be super confrontational maybe her and lady luck kind of i don't know don't mesh necessarily maybe maybe it's maybe. like quake's powers are so destructive where lady luck is a little more nuanced with what she does well, what if she, what if she uh, uses some rock powers and breaks some mirrors? <laughs> and John Morris is like, "Oh man, that's seven years bad luck for me. I can't do my thing as effectively now." So yeah, maybe she's conflicted or has, maybe she has been in conflict with John Morris. Her uh, power breaks every reflective surface when they're fighting together at some point. Maybe there's also like this conflict of. He, she's like, I don't really know the full extent of my powers. I haven't really gotten that far. And he's just, what? Why? How can you not like have researched all that? She's like, I'm trying. Yeah, because he spent his whole life basically figuring that one out, like his powers. Yeah, but it's kind of an entitled position for him to have since he started as a kid. Yeah, he had a a big head start on her. Yeah. So maybe there's some button heads over that type of stuff. But of course they're friends. Everyone's friends at the end. Whoa. Right before the PSA, you gotta make up. 
Has she been on any other teams besides Aegis at this point? I don't know. She's not an animal, so even though she's elemental, she couldn't be a she couldn't be on the League of Elemental Animals. Unless they just made her wear like a really like dumb animal themed costume. Maybe she tried once, like cat quick. A really short, uh, like one off. Oh, but she teamed up with them, and then they like. I don't. I don't know if you can be on this team. Wear these cat ears. <laughs> she helps them like save their element or earth elemental character. They kick her out then after. Yeah, maybe they. Yeah, there's like uh, elemental animals arc where they lose they have to go rescue whoever their earth person is maybe we should come up with a name now or earth owl <laughs> which doesn't even make sense is a centauri oh earth elephant i keep rhino? i keep coming up with bird names i'm like rock raven <laughs> no raven's rock you can't you can't have like a bird and like an earth character <laughs> What about Onyx? <laughs> Rock Snake. Yeah. There you go. There's a Pokemon we could name him after. He just goes by Rock Snake. Rock Hard Snake. No, <laughs> never mind. The Rhino. The Terrestrial Terrier. Ooh. The Terra Terrier, if you will. Those are real good. <laughs> oh, so you got Aqua Lion. Do you have any others thought out? Nope. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the the bad guy of Aqualine, which was a last minute addition. I don't know if you read that. The Fire Tiger. Yeah. Yeah, Rock Rhino. Rock Rhino or um. Rock Lobster. Oh. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's encroaching on their water character, though. Well, lions encroaching on land characters. Okay. Oh. I was going to say, um, <laughs> like, boulder shark or something like that. Okay. <laughs> you like that? Boulder shark. He's like a street shark. Oh, he is a shark? Well, I was thinking just, like, the power sets of being able to, like, swim through the rocks. Oh, yes. <laughs> he is a shark oh. also. <laughs> And he can swim through Earth as if it were water. Oh, that's pretty good. His weapon is just like a chunk of rock chained to another chunk of rock. <laughs> and he swings them around. So rock checks? More chain in between the two, but yeah. Boulder Shark. So she teams up with the elemental animals to rescue Boulder Shark. Sounds pretty good. And she's like, I'm not going to change my name to an animal just to be on the team requirements to help you guys and then they make her like here at least just put these on and so for the that issue or set of issues she wears cat ears i like it cat quake so we're saying maybe she is mid 30s does that sound right i guess by the time of yeah yeah because she would be through college before she even starts like archaeology type stuff yeah that seems like master's type level stuff because i think by the time she's in aegis she's probably a full doctor 
Oh, but maybe yeah, that's definitely. why it took her so much time to learn about her powers. I gotta write on my thesis. I can't be like learning in this new language from this rock. And that leads in at some point when she graduates and gets like a a teaching assistant type person. Yeah. For the sidekick, do we want to have a name for the sidekick person? Yeah, we need something there. Rockula. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that was. I'm just throwing it back at that's you. That's pretty good. Oh no. Don't write it down in the Google Docs of canonicity. What? <laughs> it cannot be changed. Which part? Rockula. Oh, I didn't write it down. I thought you were just going to start typing Rockula. No, I was trying to come up with it. Well, it's canon. <laughs> well, it's Quake. So what's another like term? Tremor. There we go. I think it is pretty good. It's like a little Quake. Yeah. Because <laughs> the other ones are like convulse, cower, fluctuate. Ooh jitter yeah or uh aftershock Rock rockula i mean rockula's right there that's pretty good how about this she is tremor but if she ever decides to shed the name tremor maybe it's rockula i i think that's good or it's tremor but when she's like on like deep cover that's her bad guy uh persona like her spine yeah persona? like if she ever has to like okay you know, like Robin will sometimes be, was it the X or yeah. something? Like the cheat's name. Yeah. The cheat's spy name is Firebird. <laughs> okay, my secret name will be Rockula. And Quake is just, that's real dumb. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe there's a maybe there's a story arc where they have to try to infiltrate the Faustonian society. There you go. And Tremor goes by Rockula. I'm just imagining her, like, normals costume would probably be fairly um oh fairly clean and minimalistic and then her rockula persona is like a hair metal band backup singer <laughs> kind of look just to make her look as ridiculous as possible hi it's me rockula i'm gonna rock gonna you rock out La. Uh, yeah <laughs> i think we've got most of it yeah we've got a pretty good but maybe there's like a couple more like niches we could paint out real quick, like another bad guy or something, another random bad guy or something, yeah. or another story arc or two that we could just briefly gloss over. She got into trouble with the magics or a spell squadron or but yeah, it has. Do we want to like maybe they were both after the same artifact and kind of met up, like not typical superhero meetup fashion where they battle each other, but they're both on the trail and know of each other as good guys yeah so they don't outright fight but they are butting heads of like my organization needs that and it's just we we're out here to destroy that i like that that gives them a little more conflict overall besides just the you broke my mirror you broke my mirror balls <laughs> okay i just came up with another league of elemental animals hero okay. sky badger Ooh, sky badger not that's pretty solid. I don't know anything else about him, but the name is so good. I just like the idea of this really big guy who doesn't look like he could fly, and he just sort of takes off. But what if his flying is Josh's dream flying, where it, it looks like a sus sustained jump? Oh, that's good. What if air pushes up into his skin flaps between his arms and legs, and he just kind of glides away? Is that a thing? Oh, I mean, that's like sugar gliders. Oh, just a regular sugar glider? <laughs> bird my element is air because i can fly 
Sea Cucumber. He got rejected several times for a position on the League of Elemental Animals. I think this whole episode really should just be Boulder Shark's episode. Yeah. I mean, scrap all this. We're an hour and 49 minutes into recording, and we got five minutes on Boulder Shark, but we're about to have 40 more. <laughs> Throw this out. Don't even save this project file. I feel like we got to add something. Like, just a little... Like, good... Like, it seems almost complete. Like, just a couple moments or something. Like, we covered a little bit of the Aegis stuff. She gets accepted in the Aegis once she's becoming more gravity powerful. Yeah. And that's right before the team is about to... Like, she goes on a few missions with them. And then the team is about to fall apart because Amy Dangerous has gone missing. And she pulls them back together with gravity. We already made that joke. The gravity of team sh- teamwork. Perhaps that leads to a story arc of Aegis of Aegis. Like the cover is Aegis in shatters. Whoa. And it's like like the bottom part of the comic book cover is like breaking off into glass pieces. The world trembles, tremors with fear. <laughs> no. <laughs> The world quakes with yeah. fear. And his quake, like, the the bottom is still, like, cracking glass falling off. But the middle is, like, her, like, come on, guys. And everyone turning their back and walking away. Oh. So we just need a few more of those. Yeah. What about some quake-specific ones? Like, comic book covers. I think this is a good avenue. Okay, so comic book covers. Like, that would give us a little tiny glimpse into a story of something. Yeah, she needs another standalone villain. You've got the whatever of the week. They their powers just come from whatever artifact. You've got the society, and you've got the guy that's on his like a rogue element, just collecting his own. What if someone unrelated to all this stuff? An evil, well, capitalist. So an evil capitalist who needs to develop malls and gas stations and multiplexes, and she keeps showing up to stop him because. Uh, they're going to be building over ancient sites that she hasn't dug up yet. So it's like a, a 90s kid cartoon? Yeah. Or kids movie? Yeah, pretty much. What if that's from the Quake animated TV show? <laughs> that was her main, main, or one of the people they made for the TV show and then became a character in her comic. Like Harley Quinn. Oh, there you go. But just a guy that wants to pave over the ruins? Yeah, like, he wants to keep developing things. So is he just, like, a dude? Yeah, I mean, (laughs) he's just a rich dude. Maybe he's kind of the opposite, where he's got technology that gives him certain boost. Sort of maybe an Iron Man, but not, like, full suit. But he has, like, you know, the gadget that helps him defeat Quake. Okay, so... I don't know what kind of runes they are, like pyramid or whatever, ancient cave. I don't know, but there's like a bulldozer parked in front of it, with him like acting like the bulldozer is a ship, like one leg up on the dozer part, yeah. and he's like pointing forward, like charge. Maybe the the title is paved paradise and put up a parking lot. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Harley Wester. How do you think of Wester? What about like Westerfield? Like, uh, even more rich sounding. 
There you go. I like that calling him Harley. Yeah, it's a callback to Harley Quinn. Yeah. This cartoon world, which would be just another property if this were something seen, like the DC animated universe. Yeah. But in this in this comic world that we're creating, that doesn't really exist, except if they have like alternate dimensions. Whenever we have alternate dimension crossovers, the cartoon universe is one of them. Okay. So will this lead to a cool world situation? Yes. All right. I'm in. Get Brad Pitt on retainer. But it can't be a crossover between the comic world and the cartoon world because that's just a difference in art style and movement. <laughs> yeah. The crossover has to be from the double issue cinematic universe. <laughs> the DICU. <laughs> When that one crosses over with the cartoon ones, it's a cool world type scenario. Okay, that makes more sense. I had another comic book idea covered. Oh, okay, yeah. It's Quake, and there's just like, well, there's like a gun pointed at her, and she's standing in front of somebody with her hand out, and she stopped the bullets in midair in like Neo style, but she's Mm -hmm. really surprised that she could. So it's like the first time she uses a non-rock based power. Hmm, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I thought that was good. And since we talked about it earlier, I think it should be like in an alleyway by a movie theater. And it's like she stopped a, a Batman-esque situation. Just just okay. for the extra Harley Quinn Batman tie-in. I think they did that in some comic. Oh, they did? I mean, we can our writers could have also done yeah. that for this comic issue. For And maybe our writers get uh, accused of plagiarism <laughs> for stealing that same idea, but it they didn't steal it, guys. It was parallel creativity or whatever. Or maybe they stole it. I don't know. But we have to defend them because we're the, we're the guys at the top. And we didn't steal it. It's the end line that we have to enforce. So, surprise bullet thing. That's going to be... Do you think her solo run ends when she joins Aegis? I mean... That's where you'll be able to find Quake Powers oh, in the Aegis book. Yeah. Um, I think maybe. maybe. For a time. Mm-hmm. That... I don't know. Well, I guess whenever she realizes her last power, that's kind of the end of her being a hero character. Yeah. Or something. something happens there. The end of the universe could yeah. be. But uh, maybe Tremor has her own book somewhere around there. Well, I think once Quake joins... Aegis, Trimmer starts doing her own thing. Well, we yeah. get the first, you know, standalone Trimmer book. And it has her uh, standing tall at the front, and it says, Criminals, trim- Trimmer, and Fear. Uh, at Rockula. Rockula! <laughs> what about. Uh, this has, isn't going to go anywhere, but a cover that has the tablet, mm-hmm. the stone tablet. And she's above it, like, <gasps> and it's got a crack in it. Oh. I don't know. Like, that gets solved or whatever, but. Yeah. <laughs> just seems like a fun cover. Like, could this be the end? <laughs> Which probably be. I was going to say the crack changes the pronunciation of some of the words, and it changes her powers. <laughs> it, like, changes it from Earth to, what would it change it to? She comes like, space powers or something. Or she has control over small animals. She has control over like heat for physics instead of gravity for physics. 
And it could be like a little small arc. She's got some alternate powers. It, it would be, is this the end? And then the next issue would have her in a new costume. Oh. And it would say, or just the beginning. And then everyone hates it. <laughs> and so it immediately goes back. And they're like, oh, no, whoops. <laughs> yeah. And that adds a little new wrinkle. We'll have to think about what her powers change to. It could be heat-based and just, she's called heat. <laughs> it's as simple as quake. Yeah. Thermo. As smart as she is, she's just not very creative with names. You might say she's kind of bolding. No. I couldn't make a bolder pun out of that. Alright, wanna do an outro? Yeah. You can follow me on itch.io over at guare.itch.io or on Twitter at guare. The art is by Lisa Brather, and you can find her stuff at lisabratherart.com or on Instagram at lisabratherart. The intro song was Free Harmonics by the Free Harmonic Orchestra, used and shortened under the Creative Commons license. Check it out in full by following the link in the show notes. The album is pretty great. Email is doubleissueshow at gmail.com. Twitter is at doubleissueshow. Website is doubleissue.show. WordPress is doubleissueshow.wordpress.com. The Facebook is facebook.com slash doubleissue. And next week's prompt is birthday. Yeah. Because we got birthdays. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I guess there'd be no future Quentin. So just. We murdered future Quentin. That blood is on our hands. Hellraiser. Man obtains box. Hellraiser. Man opens box. <laughs> I wrote a song about Hellraiser. Oh, I didn't realize. After a little bit of that, and it's like, I don't know. And then it ends with like, now he's dead. <laughs> Closes box. <laughs> oh.